0: Welcome to the mikvah.org podcast. The Mikvah organization has been dedicated to the education and resources for Jewish family life since 1975-5735. You can support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. Thank you for your support and enjoy today's recording. This episode was graciously sponsored by Bas hey Hi everyone and welcome to another MakeFor.org podcast. My name is Chasi Rifkin and I'm going to be your host for today. We are interviewing Rabbi Mechal Garari, who is the founder and director of BINA in Sydney, Australia, a large organization dedicated to adult Jewish education. Today is the second um, in our series. We're beginning to to discuss um, how to prepare for and enhance and sustain our relationships. Uh, Last week, we began the discussion with some key principles of what we need to be focusing on. And today we're going to delve a little more deeply into what that looks like. Um. So, before we begin, I want to just mention that a few people have asked for some of the sources that Rabbi Gurari referenced um, in class one, please note that they are going to be linked at the bottom of the show notes, you can look out for them over there. Um, and uh, that's it. So let's get right into it. Rabbi Gurari.
1: Hi there. Good to be here a second time. Thank you.
0: Okay, so I have a question from last time. Towards the end of the session, you had mentioned, um, you gave an example of, let's say, a four-year-old that doesn't want to share, and you had said, okay, you understand that now we we want to be able to validate our child's feelings, but that it would be incorrect to then tell the child, okay, oh, it's so hard to share and validate, and then say, okay, you don't have to share. Um, So I want to just check with you how you feel about that balance between forcing someone to share when they don't want to as adults we don't share when we don't want to and doing things that are uncomfortable which you had said would be a basic you know prerequisite for a healthy relationship so would you would you then force the the four-year-old to share or are we setting them up for becoming a doormat okay
1: thank you that's a that's a great question so let's just first of all I think the context of how we came to that was because we talked about a foundation of relationships being general, that we need to sometimes put ourselves to a side. We, you know, the concept of bitter and so on. But I think this is a really important thing because today people are very worried about the, the balance and also worried about bringing up children who will be shmatis or doormats, as you said, and, and, you know, the one you want to raise sort of strong and healthy children. So just putting it back into the context of relationship, first of all, of course, it's a two-way street and therefore there is some sort of a balance. Um, Practically, I want to answer the question on two levels, practically and also the philosophy behind it, and I think to highlight a very important point. So practically there is a balance. We we recognize the child's feelings, that they it's difficult for them to share. Um, we don't ask them to give away their toy completely. We don't ask them to not be able to use something that belongs to them. But at the same time, we teach sharing. And you know, we have a principle that um, which comes from Sefer so, Achinoch or that action behavior brings feelings. And we do want to teach and we do want to instill the feeling of being able to share with others. And therefore, sometimes as parents, yes, even though it's difficult and we acknowledge the feelings and we do acknowledge that it's hard, but we need to yeah, say, listen, you know, it's your toy, you'll play with it for a little bit, but then perhaps in 10 minutes, you'll share it with your sister for 10 minutes. And, and just that's how we're going to guide you. That's our responsibility as parents. Now, I think there's a couple of things to bear in mind here. First of all, teaching vitra, teaching the concept of giving up is not a weakness, it's a strength. Um, you know, people always say that we have to be able to create boundaries and we have to be able to say no, and weak yeses is is not a good thing. That's all true, but, you know, there's two ways we can say yes in life. Sometimes we say yes, because we really want to do something. You know, if someone asks me they want to spend time, they want to have a coffee with me and I don't really want to do it, right? So I could say no, that's a strength you know, I don't have to always say yes, because I don't always have to give in. Um, or I could say yes, or I could say yes for a different reason. I could say yes because I want to do something for someone else. In other words, a yes that I say, even though I don't want to do it, but I'm, but it's coming from a strength because I want to do something for someone else is a very important thing. Now, children need to be taught that, right? So I know parents are very worried about their children being weak. So let me let me so let me su- suggest something. If children, if parents want children to be strong children and resilient children and char- and strength of character. Here's a couple of other ideas, right? We need to make sure as parents that we never crush our children. We don't put them down. We don't embarrass them. We don't, we, we are firm. We imply, we apply discipline, but we don't crush them. We don't talk harshly to them, right? We don't compare them to other children. We don't set them up with unrealistic expectations. You know, we're very worried about them becoming a shmatta, but yet parents will, Get upset if a child comes back from school without getting a hundred on the test. Maybe that test is not for this child. Maybe it's just about trying their 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 best. We need to lift. We need to lift children wherever we can. But at the same time, as parents, as we lift them and value them, and they should feel valued. The other thing we also need to teach them life's values, and life's values is and it's a yisod in Yiddishkeit obviously that it's okay to be uncomfortable we need to teach them to be uncomfortable we need to teach them self-control that's all that's all part of kabbalist oil and kabbalist oil doesn't need to be harsh it doesn't need to be a negative thing it needs to be done and taught in a very positive context but it's a strength of character so if we lift children you know the for example just to tell a quick story there's a a little famous story with rabbi weinberg Oliver shalom who once, that's a whole story, but he once had to um, deliver a note to the Rebbe very urgently, he didn't know what to do, the muscurus wasn't there, so he put the he put the note in the Rebbe's door, thinking the Rebbe would get it when he opened the door, and, what, and he stood from a distance and he watched, and unfortunately what happened was that the Rebbe opened the door and it fell to the floor, and the Rebbe had to bend down and pick it up, and he felt really, really bad, so he wrote to the Rebbe um, apologizing, and the Rebbe answered, there's nothing to apologize, because the Rebbe said, ze kol in yoni my whole union is to lift up, right? The Rebbe as a leader lifted lifted us up, he valued us, he loved every, every year, every chassid. But at the same time, and people forget this sometimes, at the same time, the same Rebbe was incredibly demanding. And the closer you were to him, and the bigger chassid you were, he was even more demanding. Um, because the Rebbe never let us rest, he never let us, stay within our comfort zone. He never let us be okay with what was yesterday and today. But he pushed us to do further. He pushed us to go beyond ourselves. And I think the same thing we need to learn as parents. Of course, we have to bring strong children up and they shouldn't be shmatas and we need to teach them the skills of life. But we also need to teach them the strength of being mavata, the strength of being uncomfortable, the strength of being able to do for someone else. Otherwise, we're going to bring up very, very self-centered children who won't be ready for relationships.
0: <laughs> I think that's okay, so this the- is all about preparing for relationships okay so we as we're straddling we want to validate and embrace our children we want to ensure that they are ready to be Mivata from a from a strong perspective from a place of yeah, inner school. Yeah. all right well thank you for that explanation um and clarifying it in the context of, of preparing for relationships which is our goal here okay yeah. so um if you could just sum up i guess last week's thread if someone's listening to you know maybe they listened to the podcast yesterday or the last week so if we could just bring us into what today's conversation is about
1: okay so just to sort of encapsulate or summarize last week's we talked about i want to just share with you another word though that in 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 the 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 core issue really we spoke about last week is that in relationships a very important part of the focus has to be not just what we're looking for and the perfection we're looking for or being certain and all those issues that people often obsess with, but it's more, but it's a lot a focus has to go to preparing ourselves to make a relationship work. Relationships need work, as we said. And one of the key areas of effort that we need to put in, and it's a two way street, it's true, but is the concept which we draw from Sidis, the idea of Bittel, which we explained last week. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. On the contrary, it's a strength. And it's a greatness to be able to go beyond ourselves and to make room and space for others. You know, last week I told the story, uh, the famous story of someone complaining to the Tzemach and and saying that people are stepping on me in the in the, in the shul. And the Tzemach said, "Why do you spread yourself out in the whole shul?" So what's fascinating is that that story has a has a has a has a continuation in the Hayoyim Yoim of Asora B'Tevis, where it actually says what the Tzemach went on to tell that person, it doesn't say the story in the yom but the story is the background to that ha yom where the Tsar quoted a Pasuk, which we read in the Haftorah on fast days, that uh, the Novi tells us, Ya'zoi Rosha Darkway, that a Roshah should leave his ways, the Ish Oven Machshevoisev, and everyone should leave the wrongdoings of their thoughts. That's the simple Pshat. But he explained that the word Oven could also be read, if you vocalize it differently, as oim, strength, that each person should leave the strength of their thoughts. And that's a said, that what, what that means is that every person who's very strong-willed and strong opinionated, so to speak, right, needs to have the capacity to leave their thoughts. And I'll just quote it, because it's a beautiful quote, it sums up the whole concept, that the, the person should never say, if I say this, if halta I hold this. if, because every concept of if, which is, Chassidus well, always talks about in the Gates, right? That concept of the ich, the I, the focus on I, Metsiusu Mokir Hara, it's a source of evil, and it causes division of hearts. That's exactly just summing up what we spoke about last week. In other words, today we live in a society where there's a tremendous focus on self. Now, of course, we have to be there. In a relationship, there's two people, two individuals. And that's why it's a two-way street. And we spoke about the concept of respect, respecting the individuality of another. But it does take, it does require a part of strength of leaving the if a little bit and making space for someone else who's different to us, a different world, a different reality, a different perspective. And I think sort of that really sums up kind of what we spoke about last week. But like I said, it is a two-way street. And of course, it needs to be both ways. Otherwise, it's, it's, it, the relationship doesn't work.
0: Okay, so, you know, we talked a lot of, last week about preparing for the relationship and getting into this mindset, as you just mentioned, the him, him, him. so now let's, I guess, let's dive into the uh, the actual practical application for everyone. Let's talk about the importance of communication and what real effective communication means and, I guess, um, how you would then implement it.
1: Okay, so let's spend a bit of time on this. So, you know, we said we're going to talk about communication, and I think the reason for that is because this concept of learning to make space for others, learning to respect another and another's world, really is implemented through the concept of communication. So let's just break that down a little bit. So as we mentioned last week, we are called the medaber, the person is called the communicator, and we know that Siddhas, for example, talks a lot about the power of dibur, the power of speech. In um, you know, uh, in in the Torah of the Alter he brings this idea. To demonstrate the power of speech and he gives a mushal, an analogy of a horse and a rider, sus Because an interesting thing, if you look, if you think about speech, words, words are nothing, words are only as good as the content you put into them. A person can say words that are nonsense, right? So really, words are really only the vehicle of the toich, and the content that we're going to put into them. Having said that, I ever explains Lau that nevertheless. Words will take you further than you can go yourself, similar to the horse and the rider. So, the rider has to navigate the horse, has to, has to direct the horse. But if a person jumps on a horse and he wants to, and he directs the horse to go to a particular destination, the person will go and get to that destination so much faster than he could get to himself or herself, right? Now, that means that if he goes in the right way, he'll get to the right destination. If he gets lost, he'll get lost quicker than if he he'll go himself, right? So the same thing with with words. Words are very, very powerful. Anything that we put into words, whether it's an idea or an emotion, will become enhanced and become strengthened through speaking about it. However, the power of words goes both ways. So words can destroy, if it's bad communication, or words can build. Words can divide, words can connect, words can uh, drive us further away from each other, words can bring us together. So... I think that's just an important introduction. So, what does that mean? right. So I want to just talk about a little bit, if that's okay, just to describe what human communication or effective communication actually look like. With the following question. Um, you know, we said that a person is called the communicator, but we know that chazal tells us that animals have communication too, right? We always know we learned this as children that Shlom understood the language of the animals, the language of the birds, the language of the animals. So then why do we talk about people being able to communicate? It's anything to communicate. And the answer is as follows. And this is the crux of what human and effective and positive communication is all about. I saw this once uh, explained somewhere. That it's just a beautiful way to put it. An animal doesn't actually talk to another animal. An animal just sends signals, broadcasts signals from itself. So an animal will, will let out a signal that it's hungry, it's scared, it's about to attack. And if there's another animal in the area, in the vicinity, it'll pick up on the signal and react, right? Because an animal doesn't have the capacity to leave their own world and to connect to another world. Human communication is not about broadcasting ourselves. Human communication or what human communication should look like is we're able to use words to connect to the world of another person. We're able to talk to the other person. That the other person should listen, absorb, understand, and feel that we understand them, right? So, as I said, it's it's a it's a two-way street. So let's say in a communicate in a in a in a relationship, for example, um, someone does something hurtful, someone says something hurtful to me, someone does something hurtful to me. Now, if it's something small and I'm able just to let it go, that's great. But not always we can let it go. We know that you know the famous passage that's brought also now. You I think that Daigo believed that if a person has a worry and anxiety a a problem in their heart they need to be able to communicate it that's one translation or remove it from themselves but sometimes they go together the way we get rid of it is by communicating by talking about it so someone said something hurtful to me someone hurt, hurt hurt me right so i can do two things i can react i can scream i can do what people often do i can blame i can keep score, so they hurt me, so I'll hurt them back. They blame me for something, so I'll blame them for something else. They screamed at me, so I'll scream at them. They uh, put me down, so I'll find a different way of putting them down, right? And this is often, unfortunately, how conflict goes and our conversation goes. So that's not real communication. That's, that's me sending a signal, right? That's just me broadcasting myself. I haven't used the power of Dibur to leave myself. However, real communication is that I talk about it by connecting to the other person, by bringing us closer together. So yes, I'm able to share. I'm able to be assertive. I'm able to really share something that's really deeply troubling me. But I do it in a way that I'm connecting. I, I, I'm i talking to the world of the other person, which means a few things. I mean, this is a, a discussion that can go on for a long time, but, but it, it means like timing, for example, that I, I pick the right time where I think this is going to be effects talk about it. I try and not put the other person down. I do it respectfully. I try to understand them. I judge them favorably. I say, well, maybe you didn't mean this, but I just need you to know, maybe you're not aware that that kind of thing really hurts me or maybe makes me uncomfortable, whatever the case is. So it's not about me disappearing and me just saying, you know, everything's okay, but it is about me not focusing only on me and not only sending my own signal. It's not only about me broadcasting myself. If I get angry, I'm just... It's animal communication. And unfortunately, people do this all the time. People do this at all levels. I mean, if you ever, you know, if you've ever gone to, a, if you've ever been in a room, for example, where there's a bunch of people and there's one person just talking nonstop without any clue if someone is, is listening, not listening, or if you ever go to a wedding or, or uh, I mean, maybe in America, they don't do drushes at weddings, but over in Australia, we do, or bar mitzvah, or something, and someone's, someone's saying a speech and totally not reading the audience. Just talking and talking and everyone's yawning and fidgety and just not interested right because that's that's signal sending in other words just broadcasting themselves and effective the speaker will will read the audience and in a relationship it's the same way it's about understanding and connecting to the world of another saying things picking words choosing the way i speak in a way that's respectful to the other person valuing the other person not judging the other person and connecting to the other person at the same time getting my message across and this can be many things it can be if i'm hurt or it can be in a disagreement so if someone's if we have a disagreement about how to do something which will as we said last week it will inevitably happen in any relationship particularly a marriage and they saying chavez people don't think alike men and women are different people look at things different people see things different Um, you know a, a typical stereotype type of example is you know the the the, the the wife, the, the wife might ask the husband to clean up in, in, in the kitchen, and to him, cleaning up means, you know, washing a quarter of the dishes. It's a really amazing thing. It's, it's you know, and that's not what clean means in her world, or whatever the whatever the world is. it could be many, many different examples about doing things that are different, or different personalities applying things different. That can all be solved, but not through signal sending, not through harsh communication. It can only be solved. It, can, it, can, it can't be solved either by holding it in. Because what happens is when you hold something in and it's really bothering you, inevitably, eventually it explodes. The only way to really implement this bittle, implement this, this connecting with each other, entering the world of another, is through proper communication, the power of words. But it's got to be human words, not animal words. It's got to be not me being irritated, not be me being just broadcasting myself, but understanding that I'm trying to, through words, connect to another person. And sometimes it also means, just on a practical level, if I'm not able to do that, people always think, you know, communication is very important, so I've got to do it right now. I might say to the other person, you know, I really want to talk about this, and I think it's important to talk about this, but I'm just really tired now, and I'm worried if I talk about this now, I'm not going to be respectful. Can we can we do it in an hour, or can I rest, or let's do it tomorrow when we have more time, or, the, the you know, things are calmer, or whatever the case is. But it's always about thinking to myself, the words I say, I need to say them. We are called the madaber because we need to talk. But... That talking has to be a talking that's human talking where i'm connecting to the world of another person that's a that's a brief summary of the concept of communication i hope that sort of makes a little bit of sense
0: yes thank you okay so you know you talk about communication and what effective communication means can we talk about um like you said you broadcasting you can't just be talking after reading reading the signals but how about when the other person's talking how can you be the effective listener in communication.
1: Okay, so listening is a, a really important part of uh, communication because it's not just about listening to the other person, it's also about using listening so that I can communicate properly. You know, it's an interesting thing. Um, it's a Mishnah in Perka Ovis, I think it's uh, Shmuel said that yomai, all my life I grew up among the wise and I never found a better thing than sh'tika, than, than being silent, right? Or they say silence is golden, Right? If I can just pause for a second, to tell you a very cute story of the Rebbe um, just about listening and, and be, being silent and talking. So there was a Chassid once that went into the Rebbe for Yichidus, and the Rebbe wanted some information from that person and the uh, person was uncomfortable in sharing that information. So he said to the Rebbe very cleverly, he quoted a Gemara that said, Mila Besela shtika Betray," which means that the Gemara says that a word is worth one coin, but being silent is worth two coins. Obviously, the idea of the Gemara is to... Is to um emphasize the, the, the greatness of being silent. So the Rebbe, in his beautiful manner, right away came back with a comeback and said, Yes, that's true. But you have to understand what the Gemara means. Silence, you can only be silent once. But when you talk, each word is worth a coin. So you'll end up with much more. In other words, it's 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 that balance, right? So I always had that question: what is what does the always mean that that there's nothing greater than silence? Aren't we called the madaber Aren't we called communicate, that's what we have been talking about. So why is silence so important? But I think the the sonfrahim explained um that silence doesn't only mean never talking. Silence means listening, right? Because listening is the prerequisite to human communication. So what does it mean to listen? right? Listening is a hard thing to do. It's something it's something that most of us don't do properly. If I can, If I give this example, right, and I think everyone will be able to relate to this. How many times, all those that are listening, you can think about this for yourself. How many times has someone told you something or asked you a question or explained to you something and a quarter way through, you already know what you're going to answer. You're just being polite. So you let them finish. Right. So we all do this, but that's not listening. Listening means like if there's a conflict, if there's a difference of opinion. Listening means really to listen, to shut yourself down completely and to completely give yourself over to the world of the other and to understand their world. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to have to agree with them, but you first have to go into their world and fully be in their world without any agenda of your own, without any mixing in any biases of your own, right? If I could just tell a quick story of the Mittler Rebbe, a famous story where one time the Mittler Rebbe, um, I think this is how the story goes, one time the Mittler Rebbe was uh, finished a night of Yichidus, he'd seen many, many people, and he sat down, and he was schwitzing and he was very tired and very weak. And he had a, a gabba, an attendant that apparently wasn't that smart. And uh, he decided to ask the middle rebbe. he said the middle I don't understand why you're so tired. I mean, at the end of the day, you were just sitting in a chair all night, talking to people. It wasn't that difficult, you know, you weren't, know, you it wasn't to, uh, very, very uh, strong physical labor, whatever the case is. So the middle answered with the following moshul, he said like this, he said, when someone comes to me, and this is such a great formula of listening and how it connects to communication. So he said that when someone comes to me, I have to undress. He uses the metaphor of undress. I have to take off my clothing and put on his clothing so that I can fully understand what that person is saying to me. When he's finished, his question or he's always seeking of advice, I have to then go un- take off his clothing, go back into my clothing so that I can formulate a response from my world. And then I've got to undress again and get back into his clothing so that I can communicate that response so he understands it. He says, if a whole night you keep on getting dressed and undressed like that so many times, you'll also be very, very tired. But it's it's an amazing formula for what listening is. So in other words, if I want to communicate to my spouse, if I want to communicate respectfully, I wanna communicate with the understanding so they feel they're being understood. They feel I'm being respectful. They feel I'm not putting them down. They're feeling that I'm talking to their world. Obviously the response is coming from my world which means I don't even have to agree necessarily but it's coming on the top of really understanding their world which is why shtika is so important. Why silence is so important. Why listening is so important because I I can't really understand the world of the other unless I've listened to the world of the other, unless I've observed the world of the other, unless I've understood the world of another, and then I can respond from my world. So sometimes we you listen, you have to fully listen to the other person. Then you can bring it back to yourself and you can agree or disagree, but you need to understand the world of another. I just want to put in, if I can, just a, a, a thing which is so important nowadays and it's just a practical thing. And I know it's a cliche, but it's a very, very important one. Um, I read, I don't know what it was, a year or two, Ago. I read a fascinating study that they did. That um, that the since technology has become very advanced, and particularly with iPhones and, the, and smartphones and so on, so on and so forth, the levels of empathy have have diminished. It's an amazing thing. They they've actually tested it and sort of properly studied it. And the reason that is because today people spend so much time on their on their on their devices that they stop noticing what's going on around them, right? Now that's true in general society, but you can you imagine how true that is in a relationship, right? Where we stop noticing the other person. We, I mean, maybe it's not, it's obviously not intentional. No one means to do that, but we are, we we're so absorbed in things that we do and often in our devices together with the other person in the same room that we, we actually stop noticing. And when you stop noticing, you can't value the person. You don't see the nuances. You don't know what bothers the other person, what's not bothering the other person. You don't pick up on, on the signals of the other person. You don't know what mood they're in, what what ruch they in, what's working, what's not working, what's making them happy, what's not making them happy. And then it's very hard to apply listening, and it's very hard to apply human communication rather than just sending and broadcasting myself. So I want to stick that in there. And I said it's cliche, but we can never say it enough times, that today this is a big danger in relationships. People need to spend time with each other and get off their phones, right? People eat together, phones must be away. People talk, take a walk with each other. The phone must never be anywhere near because we need to observe the other person as a part of listening. We need to learn the other person, especially in early stages of marriage.
0: So that's actually a big challenge, I think, for today. It's you know, I say we this is a podcast, so we know that everyone listening to it, right, is on their phone listening to this. So it's a challenge. It's a, a challenge that we'll have to. Uh, absolutely, to. And,
1: and 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 I think as, as we know, everything was created for for a purpose. And the fact that we can communicate through podcasts and there's so much information available is absolutely amazing. Like the Rebbe said, everything has, you know, nothing was created if it wasn't for Avodas Sashem. And obviously, it has tremendous good. I mean, the access to learning and everything today on on, on technology is just amazing.
0: We said make sure it has the boundaries so that we can focus on our relationships. All right. Um, So we talked about, you know, communication and reading the signals. We talked about listening and that form of communication. What other forms of communication do you think are important for someone to consider as they're preparing for a relationship or enhancing and sustaining their current relationship?
1: Right, right, right. So I. I, This is this is a this is a, a great question. Because there are different forms of communication, and I want to sort of go there a little bit. And it's interesting, you know, the things we spoke about till now, so, you know, we were talking also about preparing for, for relationships and so on. So before I answer your question about levels of communication, what we spoke about be- before about, you know, resolving conflict with respectful communication and, and being able to share yourself but in a respectful way and so on, which also, by the way, goes to if something's bothering you, that if your needs aren't being met, if it's a real need, you know, last week I spoke about not every one has to become a need, but we all do have needs. And sometimes we have to learn to communicate those needs as well. And it's all part of that process, right? Um, and that's something people in Chiduchim need to think about because that really doesn't come up much when you're dating, right? Um, when you're dating, it's more smooth communication. People just enjoying themselves, listening to each other. Um, obviously, you have to look for the, you know, the, the red flags, if people are listening to you, if they're interested in you and so on and so forth. But it's more when we get married. However, what does tend to happen It's the other way around. It's something that's very beautiful that happens in the dating process that seems to stop happening when people get married especially as life goes on and it leads into a vote that someone told me and I, I won't be able to give the exact source because I've never actually properly found it but it's an amazing vote it's amazing vote many many years ago in Sydney there was this person that came from overseas and he showed me a vote from the Sfas Emes um, I've lost contact with him so I can't actually exactly find out where, where it is but he said, Esfas uh, Emes, that talks about the different words that the Torah uses for communication. Um, so you talk about three words, right? If you look in the Torah or in Tanakh, you'll see three words. Dibur, by Daber Hashem, and Hashem Spoke, and so on. You'll find the word Amira, Vayoymer, Hashem Spoke. And then more in Tanakh, in Tilling, for example, you find the word Sicha, or even in Chumash, you found that Yitzchak went to David, and it says, L'suach Basode, that you have a Sicha. Right. And Swasemis so explains what's the difference between these different commun- words, of, forms of communication, why the different words to use communication. So we know that in communication, for example, Dibur, right, Dibur means concise, clear, structured communication, which is very, very important. We always need to learn how to do that respectfully. We shouldn't beat around the bush. You know, sometimes people complain, but I told you this, you know, I, 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 I shared this with you. Yeah, but you didn't share it. With, you didn't really share it because you weren't clear. Right. You need sometimes people need to learn to be clear what they mean and, and elaborate on what they mean and what they feel and what they're talking about and what they expect and so on and so forth. So that's deeper. Like in parenting, that's more of law, like instruction. Not there's no instructions in marriage, but but in of that would be like giving an instruction, but being clear about it and structured clear communication. Then there's which is important, then there's Amira. Amira is more cryptic communication, like body language, nuances. How we say something, how we hint something, it's the way we say it, it's the words we use, it's the extra little niceties that we put on and that kind of thing, also very, very important. And in effective human communication, those two are very important to sustain and to enhance the things we've been talking about till now. But there's also another very, very important part of communication that as life gets busy, people forget. And This is, by the way, true in all relationships, especially in parenting and especially in marriage. Um and that's sicha. Sicha means schmoozing. That's what it means. schmoozing. Um, when it's natural talk, just bonding. You know, David Amelech says it about Torah and Hashem. He says, "Ma hafti I love your Torah because kol I, I talk about it all day." What is David Amelech saying? He's saying not that I'm learning Torah all day, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm Torah. It's like it's like what I shmuse about. It's like because it's so part of me. And in relationships, what this could mean it means. People spending time together schmoozing. You know that? <laughs> we hear this every Rosh Chedesh Kisiv when they replay the interviews with Dr. Weiss. And he always, he always repeats the story that after the heart attack of Tafshin Amit Ches, and he was talking to the Rebbe, and he asked her about his schedule, and it came out that the Rebbe said that he spends a half an hour each day with the Rebbe and drinking tea. And the Rebbe said that that half an hour is as precious to him, as important to him, as putting on to Philip. Now I'm not sure what that means in a, in a rebbe sort of situation, and that's 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 a rebbe thing. But but we can learn a lesson from it, right? And that is that we need to spend time with each other, spend time in the communication called sicha, which means often when what happens is as as people get married and they start to have children, and people have to be Uh, there's finances to worry about, and there's uh, later on, there's Chinuch to worry about. There's so many things to worry about that even when people do spend time together, they're talking about the finances, they're talking about the education of their children, they're talking about things that are extremely important. But it's not sikhah, it's not schmoozing. People need to spend time together just talking, because when you spend time together just schmoozing, however often it is, then you're bonding and you're connecting, and then that Human communication that we talked about before, which relates to how we solve issues or how we relate to each other, how we share feelings, and how we how we solve conflict, becomes so much more so much easier. Um, I will tell you that in I mean I'm not a I'm not a researcher, but I could just tell you my own limited experience. Um, and you know I'm not a therapist, and I'm not a, I don't do professional counselling in a way. But as as a, a role I do deal with relationship issues, and people come uh, to me whether it's both people together or just one in marriages, and there's issues. I often ask the question very early on in the in the discussion: How many times a week, or how often, do you guys actually just set aside time to spend together? And so far, I always expect the same answer, and it's always happened. And the answer is not is no, we don't. And that's that's very sad because that's a really really important communication. So all these types of communication need to be um, so in in in. In solving issues, it's the Dibur and the Amira combination that's so important. It's the clarity, but also the nuance and how we say it in the body language and looking, you know, <laughs> focusing on the other person when you talk to them. It shouldn't be just derh agav, it should be proper with proper focus. If you if you if you're distracted now, so say so. Say I, I just I'm just need to make this phone call. I need to take this phone call. Uh, let's talk about it in 10 minutes. Don't sort of half do it, not half do it. That's all part of the Amira, but the Sikha is also a very important part of the, com- the, the communication spending
0: time together. Thank you. So in summation then, how would you say, you know, if everyone's focusing on communication, which you talked about is like, you know, communication and last week's commit um talk about, you know, being Bittal, et etc. Uh, how would you summarize it then um, in conclusion? What are close and closing thoughts that we're talking to a wide variety, we're either talking to um, single people preparing for a relationship or newly married that want to enhance and ensure that they're sustaining their relationship, maybe someone married for many years that want to improve. So after we've had all this discussion about communication, what would be your uh, closing thoughts for us?
1: Right, right, right. So first of all, I think you're 100% right. I think that the, these these concepts are good for any stage of life. We can always improve, we can always enhance, we can always strengthen. And we should always prepare. So at any, any stage of life, these concepts are very, very important. And we can use them to strengthen or enhance and make even better, even if they're great relationships, make it even better. But I think just to go back and connect both weeks together. So it starts off with, I think, understanding a relationship means we are entering into that relationship. So the, the, the obviously, there's an us there, but it's about the greatness, the beauty, and the strength to not be self-absorbed, to actually expand into someone else's world, right? I think that's that's really the crux of it. That's such an important thing. And that's not a, a negative thing, it's a beautiful thing. It's 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 the greatest thing that could be, the, the ability that only a human being has to focus less on ourselves and to consider the world of another, to give, to care, and to respect. It comes through respecting, it comes through understanding the concept of Bittl, and especially nowadays, Moving away from being self-absorbed, the world is not all about us. Um, not always focusing on us. It's 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 you know it's 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 really about 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 connecting to the other. As I said last week, that we enter into relationships because of sameness, but the depth of the relationship comes because of difference. Learning from another, appreciating the other, understanding the other, and that is really the crux of a relationship. Is and we always need to remind ourselves of that, and we also need to, we also need to um, understand that that can only be properly imp- implemented, if and 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 applied through the process of real communication. Before we open up our mouth, remember we're not broadcasting ourselves. It's about connecting to the other person.
0: Right.
1: Now, again, I know people always think about this balance. Can I just take another minute and share a word? Um, so there's a, a, a famous. Yeah, absolutely. Go so I, I just want to say because obviously people always say, but there's also my needs and there's also me and you know all that balance and people are very worried about that. that. So I, just wanna, I, I, I thought about it recently and I, and, I, and I thought about applying the following word to this idea. So, so there's a Pirkei us, right? Pirkei Ovis talks about that if a person says Shalisha, you know shalish, shalach, 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 right? Someone says, well, it's mine, is yours. What is yours is yours. That's a that's a big madriga, right? Um, if the person says, you know, what is yours is mine, what is mine is mine. That's just a Russia because he's just totally self-absorbed, right? Um, and then the, the Prabhupada says a very funny thing. The Prabhupada says that if someone says what's mine is mine, and what's yours is yours, mido It's a normal, normal, it's normal. It's not greatness, but it's normal. The yesh oimrim, and some people say the yesh oimrim, that's That's no, it's it's a, it's the it's the middle of the stoim, right? We were terrible, terrible people. So I once heard a word that people ask questions question like this: You know, you can have two opinions of something, but they have to somehow relate to each other. How do you jump from being normal to being sdoim all of a sudden? I mean, normal is is not a big tzaddik, but it's normal. Sdoim um, is like terrible, right? So I, I don't know. I think a malamet of mine once told me this word, like a like a nice Taichin in the in the mishnah. It works like this: We're all none of us are completely. Bottle to the point, and we're not bit saddikim, and we're not like the sitting who just have no sense of self and just gave themselves all that other people. Granted, and particularly in a marriage, there's a there's a self there, and we have to take care of ourselves sometimes and we need to express our needs and so on and so forth. So is that's normal. However, the yesh oimrim, but if it becomes a philosophy, it becomes something the yesh oimrin that we keep on saying and we keep on focusing on, then that becomes doing. In other words, there's a certain level of yeah, there's a self there, of course. I, I need to make sure that, it, that it's taken care of. But our focus shouldn't be there. That's the, not the shit, That's not the philosophy. The focus of the relationship is about the other. Part of the other means there needs to be me to be able to relate to the other. I, I can't help you and I can't respect you and I can't be there for you if I'm a shmata. Good, understood. I can't be there for you and I can't be... Present in this relationship if I'm not rested, if I'm you know if there's if there's if I'm not healthy etc. But that shouldn't be the v'yesh oimrim. It shouldn't be the shit or the philosophy. Once that becomes the foundation, then we become self-absorbed, and I think that's part of the problem. There is now part of that. Once we remember that is that has to be reflected in our in our communication. It needs to be reflected in the way we talk to each other. That's such an important part. The way we now we're not tzaddikim. We make mistakes. It's fine. We sometimes uh, are irritable and we get. So we explode, we get angry, that's all normal stuff, but we can apologize, we can come back, we can talk about it, we don't have to be ashamed, we, we should bring it out. But we should always remember well, before we open up our mouth that there's the other person there. And I want to just, if we're talking about just being Masakim and sort of being a summary, I want to talk about another strength that perhaps people um, need to know when, they re, when they're when preparing for marriage or going to Shuduchim or going through Shana rishayna or whatever the case is, sometimes it takes a little bit of back and forth and a bit of effort to clear things up and to to learn the art of real communication with with each other and so on and so forth, people should never feel that it's a weakness to reach out to someone for help. And that could be a parent, it could be a mashpia, as we said last week, a mashpia with experience, it could be, if need be, a professional. But what I always find is that people wait too long to address problems, and then they're much more complicated to deal with. So take on board these ideas, think about them, but implementing them is not always as simple as it sounds. And sometimes we hit roadblocks and it's great for those entering, approaching relationships. Don't be scared of marriage, get into it. But remember, sometimes things do happen. Reach out in early stages, talk to someone early enough that it could be a simple problem and simple to solve. And, uh, the Irish to should help. We should all hear good news. We should all have more and more marriages and beautiful ones. And, uh, it's up to us to put in the work. The work is hard but beautiful. It's effort. You know, when <laughs> I guess the is, you know, people people know that to, to, to get good results, you have to put in effort. People train nowadays, you know, people go to gym and they and they schwitz and, and they put in the hard work, but they feel good about it because they're achieving a goal. So it's not a negative thing when we say the relationships need need work. We have to constantly put it work into them, constantly invest in it. It's not about I put in half, you put in half. My 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 wife always tells me from her days in that Robertson Heller would always say. It's not about each one putting in 50%. It's about each putting, each person putting in 100%. We both put in the work. It's a two-way street. And hopefully we keep on enhancing and strengthening our relationships. And we create a home that's full of warmth that uh, that can bring uh, bracha some good things.
0: Amen, amen. Thank you, Rabbi Gauri, for your time. Um, can I push back? Can I ask a question? Can we no, go for absolutely, this? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if this goes without saying or if this is um, uh, something we should have said in the beginning, but obviously all these, you know, balance of vatronos versus being a doormat or communication that you're not broadcasting, you also need to be listening, or that the effort that you need to be put into the marriage and each giving 100%, um, if this is all assuming that we are two healthy individuals. So if someone's listening to this, and if unfortunately, they are in a situation where maybe there's something a little deeper going on, maybe there's um, an underlying mental health disorder or something else that is affecting the dynamic where one person cannot be giving hundred percent because at some point it's going to be damaging. How would they be able to be aware of when, you know, everything that we've talked about 10 out is assuming two healthy individuals that now need to work on relating to each other.
1: Correct. So, yeah, it's, I mean, that's, 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 that's such an important question. And, you know, unfortunately nowadays that sometimes happens more often than it used to. Um, People need to be upfront and people need to communicate. In other words, I mean, I'm aware of a situation where there was a real issue that came up and there were issues and seemed to be small issues and issues of communication. And then it kind of exploded and exploded in a way where it was, it was revealed where, you know, in, in one part of the relationship, there was a real, real history and a real issue that was going on under the surface. And, but they, they dealt with it in the following way. First of all, it needs to be a commitment so let's say so let's say there's an issue pops up, right so first of all, I think people need to have hope and they need to know not you don't give up right away now I just need to clarify that um I'm not talking about abusive relationships uh, okay,
0: so physically. we said okay, so first originally until now we're talking about two healthy individuals and now what you're about to say is not talking about abusive, but maybe if there's just some sort of issue right. okay uh, the
1: reason I'm saying I'm not talking about abusive relationships is because if someone is in any danger uh, if someone is in physical danger, they need to run and and I mean, I'm not saying always that the marriage has to come to to, to an end, but the, the first thing is people need to be physically safe. Number one, um, I mean, you know, and 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 if there's real abuse that needs to be dealt with, that's something. But unless I'm talking about just issues, it could be previous mental health issues, it could be previous addictions that sometimes happen, unfortunately. That you know, it could be childhood real trauma that happened with children that that comes up late in relationships and all all these things. So. People need to know. Number one, there's hope. There's there's help out there, and it can it can be improved. However, there's a couple of ingredients that need to be there. Number one is it can only help if both parties sit down and say we want to make this work, right? We want, we are committed. Are we committed? Let's ask ourselves the question. You know, I, I'm I'm really upset about what's happened. It's very very hurtful. But if you're willing to put in the work, I'm talking about the person, let's say who doesn't have the problem versus the person who does the problem. I'm committed. I'm committed to try and make this work, which means I'm committed means I'm not going to just blame you for everything. I'm going to put in work and you're going to put in work, but we need to deal with the issue. Are we committed? If the answer is yes, then communication is very important. We need to be talking about it, talking about it properly and seeking the right help. And seeking the right help means that you get the proper hard work help that you need to get and the other person supports it. See, sometimes I've seen where where you know, people say, "Okay, I, I, yeah, let will get you, you. need to get help." Okay, a person gets help, but the problem is that because the other person remains so stuck in being upset, like they're not prepared to take any improvement. They they just want perfection right away. They want the problem to go away right away, um, and are not prepared to sort of pay, play any part in the, in the in the whole journey. That doesn't work. So if we committed, you know, we say, "Okay, practice. Maybe if I would have known about this before before we got married, I wouldn't have gone through the up Perhaps. But sometimes, you know, when people are already married for a while, they're, they're again, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm talking about other issues. Okay, this is my Eshgach this is my shidduch, and there's so many things I like about you anyway, and there's so many things I respect, but I can't live with this as it is. So if we if we both committed, I'm committed too, and I'll go with you on the journey. But that will take a lot of talking, a lot of the communication skills we've talked about today, but it will take reaching out and getting the proper help, and the help is there. there. There is good help in there, and there's a lot of success stories. Um, right. But the success only comes when there's a willingness on both parties.
0: So there's a willingness and commitment. And then for everyone who's listening out there, if what we've talked about this week and last week doesn't resonate with your current reality, there is help out there and you can um, yeah
1: yeah
0: reach out. Because to again, I mean, for you know, for force, very so. often,
1: very often, as I think I mentioned yeah. last week, this concept of considering the other, the, the, the going out of oneself and so on and so forth. When it's a healthy relationship then it feeds on each other in other words one does it, it it brings it from the other also but if you know if you see that like it's just not happening and then there's a real problem then obviously you need things to be right happened. we
0: discussed this briefly last week when we talked about what happens if it's a one-way street right so where would you just say would be let's say your first avenues of help to go to when you see that it's a one-way street or that it seems like you know you need you're working on it but you need the commitment from the other person so right so what what will you do that like yeah, yeah, yeah. so if I mean, first, it comes up, you need a commitment to make it work but again you can't be committed yourself
1: correct correct so the first stage would be communication between the two people themselves so like you know I, I like you know I'm, I'm really thinking about this or I've heard the podcast or I've oh I've read other things or I've thought about it and you know I'm I'm trying always to listen I'm trying always to speak and genuinely trying to do it um I'm trying even to you know not over obsess on my own needs but see where I can give and 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 I'm just not getting it back. Not only I'm not getting it back, but actually I'm getting disrespect back. So I feel you're putting me down. You're you're dismissing me. You're not listening to me, right? So step one is to say, "Look, we just need, really need to talk." And and but to communicate it in the same way. In other words, just because you're upset and it's only going one way, don't don't start screaming and 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 blaming and putting the other person down because that's just not going to bring results, right? So it's about. I think we need to talk. I I need you to understand. I'm sure you don't mean to do this and I, I, maybe you're not aware that you're doing it, but I feel like it's a one-way street and I feel like actually I'm getting disrespect back rather than respect. It, it might be that that's all you need. It might be that the person will be really actually surprised, right? And not even understand, not being aware. There are people that are talking ways that are actually not aware that it's disrespectful. It's not aware that they're not listening. It's not They're not even aware that they're being, um, they, they they're not accommodating the other, right? They just, they didn't see the right model at home, whatever the case might be. So sometimes communication between the couple themselves, respectful communication, being open and being forthright, but in a respectful way can actually go a long way in the early stages to actually fix it. It might not. It might be that, like you say, there's an underlying, there's a a deeper problem or the person just a disrespectful person, in which case sometimes just need to go further. But at the starting point, when a person really sees that it's it's just a one-way street needs to be communication.
0: Okay, thank you. I think this gave all of us a lot of food for thought on communications, whether we're at the preparing stage, the sustaining stage, the enhancing stage. So I wish everybody a uh, brachis for continued and improved Bias and relationships. Thank you, Abhag for your time today. As always, you can find all of our podcasts on mikvah.org forward slash audio or your favorite podcast platform. Just search mikvah.org. If you scroll down, we have a variety of topics So many different topics. I encourage you to go through it and look for it. If anyone would like to sponsor a specific episode, please reach out to podcast at mcflot.org. Thank you so much for your participation today. We hope you enjoyed today's recording. Please take a moment to leave a rating or a review to help others find the podcast. We welcome you to support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. For feedback, please email podcast at mikvah.org. Have a wonderful day.